Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us today on Love Talk. I am grateful. I hope you've had a great weekend, and I hope that you've had a great day so far. Uh, today is going to be a very great uh, Love Talk podcast. Um, I have a lot to say, but I'm not going to be able to um, say it all today. So I think for the topic today, it'll prob- next week will probably be part two. Uh, uh, last week we talked about why did God choose me uh, out of Jeremiah chapter one. Uh, got a lot of very good feedback, positive feedback uh, regarding it. So that's good. Uh, really happy about that. Um, so some quick announcements this Friday. Uh, we're going to do another, we're going to do another Zoom call Friday, May the 8th. So looking forward to that. Um, I think one of the topics that I'll probably want to talk about uh, is, you know, the difference between a covering and a head. Uh, The Bible does talk about, in certain parts of the Bible, uh, a head, you know, a cover. So we'll probably look at what that means, the difference between those two. Um, We'll probably talk about some other things. Uh, as it relates to the church and the coronavirus, uh, I am grateful for what God uh, has done and is continuing to do uh, in this season of my life and in the lives of his people. So I am grateful. Uh, I want to talk today out of the book of John. So we're going to go to the book of John, uh, the 14th chapter. And I want to talk about being spirit-led. Being spirit-led. I feel like we're in a time with everything that is going on uh, with the coronavirus, um, different things like that. I believe that one of the things that the church would need to be in order to accomplish whatever it means to accomplish is by being spirit-led, more spirit-led, led uh, led by God's spirit, led by, uh, governed, uh, if you want to use that term, governed by the spirit of God. So here in the book of John 14, Uh, I'm going to start at the first verse. Uh, Jesus was talking to his disciples and he says to them, he says, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. He says, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there ye may be also uh, I want to skip down to the I'll start let's go from the 15th verse to the 26th verse uh, 15th verse he says if you love me keep my commandments 
And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that ye may abide with me forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him not, but ye know him. For he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more, but ye shall see me, because I live, ye shall live also. And that day you shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath keepeth, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he that is that loveth me, and, sh and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father. And I will love him, and will not manifest myself to him. Judas said unto him, Not Iscarot, Lord, how is it that thou wouldst manifest thyself unto us, and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him, and make our, and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. These things I have spoken unto you, being yet present with you. Verse 26 is the main verse that I want to spend some time talking about. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. And bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Verse 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Yet let, your heart, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Ye have heard how I said unto you, I go away, and come again unto you. If you loved me, you would rejoice, because I said, I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it come to pass, that when it is come to pass, you might believe. Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh, and hath nothing in me, but that the world may know that I love the Father. And as the Father gave me commandment, even so do I. Arise, let's go hence. So Jesus was talking to his disciples about how he would send them another comforter, uh, which is the Holy Ghost. It is the Spirit of God. It is uh, the Spirit that every believer and even non-believer can receive. Uh, it is free. It's, a, it's free of charge. Uh, I've said this in previous podcasts that God's never going to force himself, force his will, or force his spirit upon us. Uh, but he gave the Holy Ghost to us as a guide, as a GPS, uh, as a teacher to help us, to teach us, as it says here, to teach you in all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Uh, so the Spirit of God is not just a um, uh, a a 
um, a conversation or it's not just us speaking in tongues. It's a uh, relationship. Uh, God desires to have a relationship with us and a relationship with his people. And if we're going to accomplish or do the things that he would want us to do uh, in this season of our lives and even throughout this year, uh, it's important to be led by a spirit. It is important to uh, to be governed by a spirit, to be full of his spirit. Uh, there are certain times in the Bible where the scripture, I know in the book of Acts, it talks about being full of the Holy Ghost, uh, being full of God's spirit. Um, so I think it's important. It is important for us to seek God. So I want to go to Romans 8. I'll start at the... I'm going to start... I'll, let's just start with, from the first verse, Romans 8. He says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus have made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in his likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. But because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Another way of saying it is because the carnal mind is hostile or an enemy against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they are so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you dwell in you, now if any man not have the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. So I want to go down to the 14th verse, but I'll keep reading. Verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many, this is the main verse. For as many are as led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So, being Spirit-led produces let's go back because i want to leave you with a couple things first thing i want to leave you is being spirit-led or governed by god's spirit 
it produces life and peace. If you look at verse 6, Paul says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So being led by God's Spirit, being governed by the Spirit of God, praying in the Spirit, praying uh, in the Holy Ghost, fortifying ourselves, being spiritually minded produces life and peace. Not only does it produce life and peace, but it also, if you look at verse 11, Paul says, But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. So, it, the, being led by God's spirit, being led by the spirit of God produces life and peace. It produces, it quickens us, it quickens our mortal bodies, bodies, and the last thing is, we become the sons or daughters of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So it's very important to be um, led, to be governed, to be full of His Spirit. I want to drop down to verse 26, Romans 8 and 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So the, so the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. So, first thing is, it produces life and peace. Second thing is that it quickens our mortal bodies. Third thing is that if we're led by it, if we're first thing is led by a spirit or sons of God. Fourth thing is that it intercedes, it makes intercession for us, it intercedes for us. Sometimes when we pray, we don't know what we should pray for. Uh, we don't know what the situation is. Sometimes God will bring people uh, to our minds and to our hearts, and we don't know the situation, but he knows. So it's important for us uh, to be led by his spirit, to be governed by his spirit, uh, because it, it quickens us, it helps us, it brings our spirit alive. It keeps us uh, to be spiritually minded. It gives us life and peace. So I'm going to read John 7. I'm going to read John 7. Then I'm going to read Acts 1. Then I'm going to go to Jude 1. And I'm going to close out right there. So let's go to John 7. Um, I'll start at the, I'll start at the 24th verse. So I'm starting at John 7 and 24. He says, judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. Then said some of Jerusalem, 
Is this he whom they shall seek to kill? But lo, he speaketh boldly, and they say nothing unto him. Do the rulers know indeed that this is the very that this is the very Christ? How bent we know this man whence he is, but when Christ cometh, no man knoweth whence he is. Then cried Jesus in the temple as he taught, saying, Ye both know me, and ye know which whence I am. And I am not come of myself, but he that sent me is true, whom ye know not. But I know him, for I am from him, and he have sent me. Jesus was referring to God the Father, because God the Father did send Jesus. He sent him to save his people from their sin. That's why if you read the book of Matthew 1 and 21, it says, And thou, and she shall bring forth a son, and he shall call, she shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. So he was referring to God the Father. Then, verse 30, Then they sought to take him, but no man laid hands on him, because his hour was not yet come. And many of the people believed on him, and said, When Christ cometh, will he do more miracles than these which this man have done? The Pharisees heard that the people murmured such things concerning him, and the Pharisees and the chief priests sent officers to take him. Then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while I am with you, and then I go unto him that sent me. Ye shall seek me, and shall not find me, and where I am, thither you cannot come. Then said the Jews among themselves, whither, we, whither will he go, that we shall not find him? Will he go unto the dispersed among the Gentiles, and teach the Gentiles? Verse 36, What manner of saying is this that he said, Ye shall seek me, and shall not find me, and where I am, thither ye cannot come? Verse 37, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Verse 38, He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Verse 39, But, but this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believed of him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. So at this time in verse 7, when he says, He that believeth on me, as the scripture have said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water, he's referencing the Spirit of God, or the Holy Ghost, and by this time, the Spirit of God had not, the Holy Ghost had not yet came. Now, in the Old Testament, they didn't have the Holy Ghost, but the Bible does make reference in certain parts of the Old Testament that the Spirit of God moved on them. But the actual evidence of uh, the Holy Ghost being coming did not came in the book of Acts. So let's go to the book of Acts. Um, I'll start at the 
Mm. I'll start at the fifth. I'll start at the third verse. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs being seen of them 40 days and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God and being assembled together with them and being assembled together with him with them commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem but wait for the promise but wait for the promise of the father which saith he you have heard of me verse 5 for John truly baptized with water but ye shall be baptized of the Holy Ghost not many days hence when they therefore were come together they asked him saying Lord will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel and he said unto them it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the father have put in his own power but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and in other parts of the earth so the Holy Ghost came in Acts 2 um, Acts 2 that's when the Holy Ghost fell and that's when Peter stood up uh, and preached So we'll probably take a look at that next week. I wanted to go to uh, the book of um, Jude. So being spirit-led produces life and peace. Um, you know, we are governed by a spirit so it's very important uh one thing i am gonna say um, as i mentioned i'll probably put this out during the zoom call friday one of the things that's been on my mind is god did give the church a ministry he did he did give them a ministry uh for the sake of time Next week, we'll look at Ephesians, where the scripture says that he gave uh, gifts unto men, some, some apostles, some prophets, some pastors, some teachers, some evangelists, for the edifying vacation of the body of Christ. Uh, so, God gave a ministry. God gave his people a ministry. And the ministry's job is to um, wash us. It is to um, lead us to Christ. I think where the church is right now, I think we have given the preacher or the man of God, if you will, however you want to say it, We've given them too much power because the Bible does tell us in the book of John, John says, I might decrease so that he could increase. Uh, so it's important for us to realize that when the preacher or when the man of God decreases, 
the people will increase. There's nothing wrong with seeking counsel. There's nothing wrong with seeking wisdom. There's nothing wrong with seeking uh, wisdom from the ministry, from the man of God. There's nothing wrong with that. But where the church suffers is when the is when the man of God or the ministry has too much power or authority. That's where the issue becomes because if God if God wanted the ministry that he has given us, if he wanted the ministry to be our um, how can I say not mouthpiece let me say it this way I'm sorry let me let me say it this way if he wanted us to and there's nothing wrong with reverencing or honors honoring the ministry if he wanted us to um, depend upon the ministry for our every need then I don't think God would have sent the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit to come. The Bible makes this reference. The Bible says that there's only one mediator between God and man. That's Christ Jesus. So if God wanted the ministry to be uh to, to have the power or authority that he wouldn't have sent he wouldn't have sent the Holy Spirit he wouldn't have given everybody the Holy Ghost so I'm saying this to say the people can seek God you can pray you can um, seek God for yourself and that's why the Bible says work out your own soul salvation the church is in a rut because we have taken the preacher, the pastor, the bishop, the elder, the apostle, however you want to say it, we've made them God. And that's not how God intended it. So because we've made the preacher God, the people were suffering because God is not in his rightful place. So because God is not in his rightful place, you have issues or problems or concerns that shouldn't be. And I think the coronavirus is is exposing the church to go back to its first love. The Bible makes this statement in the Revelations. John says to return to our first love. It's important for us to get back to where God has us. And there's nothing wrong with, uh, you know, seeking the, 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 the preacher's advice. There's nothing wrong with that. But God never intended for us to be like the man of God because we're all different. David said we're fearfully and wonderfully made. So if he wanted us to be like the pastor or the bishop, then he would have made us that way, but he didn't. So it's very important for us to be led by God's spirit, to be led by the Holy Ghost, to be full of the Holy Ghost, to pray, 
to ask God to lead us and guide us, and he will bring all things back to us in remembrance. You know, I'm not saying uh, to go against your leader or go against the men. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying that we, the people, the saints, God's people, we can go to God. And the Bible does tell us in Hebrews that we can go boldly to, to the throne of grace. We can go. We don't need a man of God to go to God for us. We can go to God for ourselves. We have access. The minute he gave us his spirit, the minute he put his spirit in us, we're able to talk to God for ourselves. We're able to. Now, it doesn't tell me in this Bible, it doesn't say in this book that the ministry is to dictate the people. The Bible says we're not that, that the ministry is not supposed to be an inheritance over God's people. So the ministry, when the preacher decreases, the people will increase. So instead of... Um, Instead of, and I think another thing too, and I'm going to close out with this. I think another big thing too is when we realize that the ministry is not perfect. When we stop looking at the ministry as God's and come to realization and understanding that they're men just and women and they're flawed and they're not perfect, then I think will come to a place of not being so dependent or relying on them. When you look at the book of Acts, and when you look at what the church in Acts did, the church, the, 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 those, the, the church in Acts, they operated with the Spirit of God. They operated because they sought God for everything. They didn't, they didn't allow flesh to come in or take over or positions or titles to take over. They, uh, they were able to accomplish and do greater things as what Jesus said he wanted them to do. So again, it's very important to be spirit-led and know God for yourself. Because when you have a relationship with God for yourself, when you're able to seek God for yourself, then you can hear his voice. You can know when he's talking to you as opposed to when someone else or even your flesh or self is talking to you. So I think it's very important for us in this time to realize that God has given us his spirit. And he didn't just give us his spirit to uh, speak in tongues. He didn't just give us his spirit to uh to to encourage or just build us up he gave us his spirit because he wants us to be spirit-led it produces life and peace so it's very important for us to be spirit-led it's very important for us to build up our most holy faith as it says in jude 1 and 20 i didn't get a chance to read it but it says building up your most holy faith praying in the holy ghost it's important. It's important. Thank God for the ministry. Thank God for what God has given us. 
But I do want to submit to you and put it out here that you can go to God for yourself. The church, the teaching, and maybe next week I'll spend a little bit more time on this. Uh, teaching has to change. What we've been taught has to change. There's a lot of things in the church that are not scripture-based. Some of the things that are in the church are tradition-based. So we have to discern what's scripture-based and what's of God and what's not of God. You know, um, makeup, if a person should wear pants, goatee, that's not really something concerning the scriptures. That's something concerning tradition. And where the church gets so caught up is tradition. Tradition is what's holding us back. It's it's nothing in the Bible. It's tradition that's holding us back. It's doctrine that's holding us back. It's this belief that uh because we have more than different groups or different denominations that we have it all and we don't. Because when I read this Bible and when John writes in Revelations, he says, I, John, stood on the Mount Zion. He says, and there was 144,000 having the Father's name written on their forehead. So they didn't have their denomination they didn't have baptist church of god in christ uh pentecost apostolic no 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 they didn't have a denomination they had jesus written on their forehead so when christ comes back and when we do transition when when it is our time to transition christ is not looking at who preached better than who who sang better than who uh the title or position. He's not looking at that. He's looking at, did we live a life that was pleasing to him? Did we win souls? Did we bring someone to Christ? Did we spread the gospel? Did we encourage someone? Did we bring someone into a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? Did we? That's what he's looking at. So on this day, Hope you guys continue to have a great day. And I do want to encourage you. Get more in the spirit of God. Pray in his spirit. Seek him. Seek him early. Find him. Pray. Seek God. Seek God. Seek his will. Seek his way. Praying in the Holy Ghost. It produces life and peace. It produces uh, uh, uh that he will, his spirit will quicken us, our mortal bodies, and the spirit of God make an intercession for us because we don't know what we shall always pray for. We don't. It makes intercession. So I hope you guys have a very great day. I love you guys. And before we uh, leave out, let's just uh, pray. God, we thank you. We praise you. We thank you for another day. We thank you for another chance, God, another opportunity to get things right with you, God. Lord, thank you for waking us up. Thank you for giving us the strength to go, to move. God, forgive us of our sins, of our past transgressions, 
And forgive us, God, if we haven't always been led by your Spirit, God. Lord, help us to be led by your Spirit. Give us the strength that we need. Your Spirit produces life and peace, God. Oh, God, quicken us today, Jesus. Help us to do your will. Help us to be the men, the women, the sons and daughters of God that you've called us to be, God. We give you praise and we give you honor. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you all. God bless. Have a great week.